Today on Oxl FM, Gelada and I discuss the most recent Nintendo Direct from E3 2019. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And we are back again to talk about another Nintendo Direct. Specifically, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, the one for, well, it kind of preceded E3, sort of, sort of separate to E3, wasn't it? In typical Nintendo fashion, they sort of didn't play by E3's rules and scheduling. Yeah, neither did Sony this year, though, right? Did they not? So, which is, no, there was no Sony um, press conference at all. I guess they're just moving away from doing, like, on-stage live performances because yep. more can go wrong. Whereas if they do sort of, like, a nice choreographed, edited, direct, you know, that means they can get it just right and they can make it release how they want it to be. So E3 is a, is a very different beast to what it was when we were you know, following it on, you know, by paying for an IGN Insider yeah. subscription to get all of the, like, high-res, and by high-res we mean, you know, 640 pixels across instead of 320 or whatever, the difference, like, get all the videos and stuff like that. The difference was back then, though, is that getting the information wasn't super easy. No. Because either you did that, and even then, yeah, you were still relying on, like, magazines and stuff, so finding out the information quickly was quite hard. And yeah. also, you didn't hear about a lot of the games before they were announced at E3, whereas now things are either always announced or they're teased or they're leaked. So that was really like, a, and this is what's coming out. And it's like, oh my word, I'm so excited. You know, it really was a hype generator. Now yeah. it just feels like a bit of a formality. Well, and also it feels like a, it's like this is the time of the year where all the game studios get together and all the press get together and they can all have a chat, right? And they can all look at each other's games and like set the, it sets the agenda for the next sort of like year or so yeah. of stuff. But it's less about like building hype for things from a consumer point of view and is more about laying out you know this is kind of where we're going mm. this these are our plans this is what we're making but yeah e3 as a whole is a sort of is a very separate topic and we might uh, do a follow-up episode where we talk about some of the other stuff that we're interested in from e3 this year um but we really want to obviously because you know this is basically nintendo fm uh <laughs> you know we want to we want to primarily talk about the uh the nintendo direct well, the reason was primarily was that we started talking about it before the show and we realized that we talked about nothing but the Nintendo Direct really and like only briefly touched on the E3 stuff. So we decided it was probably best to just split the episodes up. Plus, we've done yep. like a full episode on Nintendo Direct in the past. so It's now a bit of a tradition almost. But yeah, so the Nintendo Direct, um, one of the sort of like things that happened in it for the sort of quote unquote first time, uh, which was interesting, was the replacement of Reggie, basically. Yeah. They had Doug Bowser come out and they had like a little joke about his name because of course they did. Obviously he's been around for quite a long time, but he's the new uh like CEO slash like president of Nintendo of America, like replaces Reggie Fees and May. Yeah. And he seems pretty cool. Like he seems to have like a similar sort of vibe as Reggie, and that's definitely the what they're going for, isn't it? To try and keep it like a as a fun, engaging vibe. Which kind of goes along yep. with Nintendo's whole business practice right now. We were talking about the idea of them in trying to make games good 
rather than rush them out, like what they've done with Animal Crossing, for example, and we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, it just seems like they're trying to basically do what the other game companies aren't doing, uh, and that includes in their advertising and their marketing with things like Nintendo Directs and their head honchos being quite nice, seemingly friendly people. Whether they are or not in real life, mm. I don't know, obviously, but uh, <laughs> that's the yeah, that's, impression you get. Yeah, that's very much something that's been driven by Nintendo of America, I feel, um, versus Japan uh, in terms of sort of, you know, with, specifically really with Reggie, right? They kind of really capitalised yeah. on that. Which is great, and I think it makes it even more engaging. You're more likely to want to listen to announcements made by them as a result, too. So, yeah, it's more interesting to listen to to them than it is to listen to just another random marketing person from, I don't know, EA or Bethesda or something. Yeah, exactly that. But So they did that, and... You know, they introduce him and that was cool. And then in the traditional sort of Nintendo fashion, they start off with a, a big, strong announcement. And they started off with the a new Smash announcement, didn't they? So they announced the, uh, the next Smash Bros. DLC character. Oh, I suppose, like, kind of spoilers for Nintendo Direct E3, right? Maybe in case people want to watch it themselves. <laughs> like, people probably get upset, right, if we didn't say that? That's true, that's true. But they announced the the next Smash Bros. character, which is the... Is it just the hero? Is that what it's called, called, going to be called? The hero, I think, or the protagonist or something like that? From yeah, the something like that, yeah. Dragon Quest games. Which I wasn't super fussed about because it looked kind of bland. It almost looks like a Mii fighter. But then they showed that like, all the alternate costumes are going to be different heroes from the different games. So that was kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've talked about this, I think, a little bit before. Like, I like Smash Brothers Ultimate, but I am i don't own a copy of it. I'm not super fussed about it. I'm not super fussed about the DLC. Like, it's cool anyway. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's good to see that they're continuing to, you know, add more characters to it and support it. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. Um, it was maybe not quite as impactful as like the release of Joker from Persona Five. That was sort of like a bigger deal. I feel maybe mm. maybe the Dragon Quest stuff is more important for the Japanese audience because um, yeah. I feel like Dragon Quest is kind of niche in the West. Like I don't feel like it's a particularly big important thing over here. I'm well, not I guess it's... as a franchise it isn't because it is, but. We've sort of talked before about like how Smash Brothers is a bit, a little bit of like a marketing thing, right? Mm. And you know, you've got eleven eventually coming out and you've got builders 2 coming out you know so it makes sense for them to put something from dragon quest in because of that like because they're sort of they're trying to kind of maneuver them into people's kind of you know vision (laughs) um so that's and i think that's one way to do it yeah but then they sort of remedied the relatively lackluster character by announcing another character in the same direct for smash uh, which was the return of the bird and the bear of Banjo-Kazooie, yeah. which w- I just lost my mind at that. Like, I've wanted Banjo <laughs> in Smash Bros. since Melee, pretty much. Um, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like, I'm more excited about the thought that, does this mean that we're going to see more Banjo-Kazooie? Oh, I hope right? so. I really do. Because, again, you know, it's a marketing thing, so you're bringing Banjo-Kazooie in. Like, yeah, okay, it's just massive fan service. And I guess maybe that is enough, like, just just for the fan service. But it's like, if this means that we're going to see, like, a Banjo-Kazooie remake, or we're going to see, like, a new Banjo-Kazooie game, or I don't don't know what, I don't know what it could be, but anything, right? Even if they brought, like, the rare collection thing they did, you know, onto the Switch. Ooh, yeah. So that you could play, like, the HD sort of yeah. versions of the but the original Banjo games, along with all the other Rare games that, that they had on there, too. That would be great. But Was the Rare, was the rare collection... Was that Xbox only? 
Yeah, it's called Rare Replay, uh, and it was Xbox only, Xbox One. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe maybe it's wishful thinking to think that we'll see them. It depends, though, because we've talked a little bit about the the you know the the companies the three big three companies you know joining forces in many ways mm. around you know sharing whether it's sharing infrastructure like sony and microsoft or whether it's you know bringing the sort of xbox uh community and ecosystem into nintendo a little bit you know with the like they're going to launch the sort of xbox app aren't they on on switch yeah. at some point um you know so maybe maybe they're putting aside their differences and going you know what actually it just makes if you know if microsoft don't want to make a banjo game then why not Nintendo well they, they sort of tried didn't they uh and it just didn't really work no, and it's not some bolts right yeah exactly and it Quite wasn't like not it, well i was gonna say it wasn't as bad as people say it was but it wasn't hmm. the game that people wanted and right of course i know we've had similar sort of like spiritual successes with things like ukulele uh yep. other, other similar games like a hat in time but they still didn't quite capture that same magic. And whether or not you even can capture that magic again now, like 20-something years on from when the original Banjo-Kazooie was released, I don't know. But even if they didn't try and they just sort of like repackaged Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie into one game Mm. on the Switch, I Mm. think that would sell really well. Because Mm. I imagine a lot of people that would have played that probably are Switch players and Switch owners now too. So I think they'd do a great job of selling yeah. that. I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, whether or not that's an indication of us getting the game is not another matter. But it was still really awesome. Uh, I am really excited for it. If anything, not even just for the playing the character, because it doesn't look like super interestingly different to any other character. Like it looks kind of like a standard Smash affair. Just from the small trailer that we see, at least anyway. Yeah. It'll be really awesome to like hear the music and see oh, whatever yeah. stage they build for it. Like it will probably be Spiral Mountain, I'm guessing. Yes. Uh, and the music's uh, been done by the original guy as well. Is it Grant Kirkhope? Grant Kirkhope, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, he's done that's the music. amazing. Like, and the music is so iconic. Uh, we've talked about the music in the past, actually. That's been sort of like in our top video game music of all time sort of episode we've done. Yeah. That's Enough just, smash. That's, that's just me <laughs> fanboying about uh, Banjo-Kazooie, really. So I, I'm really <laughs> excited about that. But moving on from, from the Smash announcements, one of the other sort of like big games that they announced and talked about, well, not announced, but talked about in more detail rather early on was Luigi's Mansion 3, right? Yep. And that looked really good because I I actually only played the original Luigi's Mansion kind of briefly. Mm. I never owned it. But Luigi's 3 looks really, really good. Uh, I like the idea of like the the Luigi mechanic like the idea of like making a separate luigi to control that has other capabilities mm-hmm. and then that allowing for co-op play as well that's really cool yeah i mean luigi's mansion games have always been a little bit middling right yeah it, the question for, i guess for me is is this going to be is this going to break away from that kind of like reasonably average vibe for all luigi's mansion games or is this one actually going to be something special i guess we'll see i'm you know i do like luigi's mansion games uh i can't remember now which ones i've played i remember i'm pretty certain i've played some of the gamecube one Uh, we'll see we'll see i'm i'm interested it just looks like a nice evolution of the game like yeah one of the things that i mentioned to you earlier was it is too the original Luigi's Mansion as Super Mario Sunshine was to Mario 64. Like, it's the same sort of game. Like, it's the same mechanics, the same sort of style, just with more complexity added. So if you didn't like the original Luigi's Mansion, you probably won't really like this, I don't imagine. Um, I imagine so, But it just looks like a nicer, more polished, more full, more complex version of that game. So uh, I think it'll it'll be good, but I don't think it'll be mind-blowing either. 
so yeah, Luigi's Mansion Three. I'm you know I'm interested in what I'm really interested in. Uh, is the Link's Awakening remake mm. uh, because obviously I'm a massive Zelda fan. Link's Awakening, I think, really was I think was the first Zelda game I played. Yeah, that's what you said um, last time we talked about it. Yeah, I'm pretty certain it was. I'm pretty certain I played that before I played Ocarina of Time. So yeah, it holds a uh, you know a little soft special place in my heart. Uh, so to see them giving it like a real remake treatment, like a proper. You know, they're really going yeah, for it's it. It's just a brand new game. It's, it's not yeah. like a a remake in the sense of like, oh, it's make the graphics nicer and that's about yeah. it. It's just a brand new game just, just exactly. made based on Link's Awakening. So it looks amazing. Like the art, we've seen a lot more now sort of gameplay footage um, because, they, you know, it was being played as part of the Treehouse stuff that Nintendo did. And yeah, it just looks just looks really, really polished. Um, really great art style. The game we know is really good. So, like we know Link's Awakening is a good game. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited about Link's Awakening, and it's this year, right? Later this year. Mm. So uh, I'm yeah, that's the one I'm really looking forward to. That might even be a that might be a pre order uh, to get Ooh, hold of wow. that. I think. What Which did is you, unusual for me. <laughs> what did you think of like their inclusion of like the dungeon designer style thing they were doing? Yeah, that was interesting. It was difficult to really... I tried to... I did watch a little bit of footage of it. So it's it's like like you have to pl- you have to get stuff to fit together and then you have to complete the dungeon that you've fitted together mm. that matches a certain template. I think it's interesting. I think that... I don't know if Link's Awakening needs it. Like, it's a great game. It's quite a long game. You know, there's a lot... There's plenty to do in it. I'm not super... I don't really care about any extras. I'm just interested in playing the original game. The original game. game, yeah. I think that it's cool that they're trying some stuff and that's great uh and i'm sure it'll be a bit of fun uh but you know they've added the color dungeon as well which was in the 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 game boy color remake so they've brought the color dungeon into this new version as well which i didn't play because i never had links awakening dx so i get a you know i get that as a little bit of extra content but you know even the color dungeon i remember in the from what i know about it it's it's a little bit kind of tacked on you know i I don't know it's it's quite a tight game i feel like links awakening is sort of quite it's quite well balanced and it doesn't really i never really felt like it needs anything Mm. um so i'm just excited to play it again because it's i I really love it it's really great if it does work though right if that dungeon designer thing does work you could end up getting like a super mario maker equivalent for zelda I mean, that would be interesting. Design your own Zelda dungeon game. Yeah, if you if you flesh it out a little bit more, because it's just like rooms, isn't it? That you're yeah, you play rooms down. That's about it. But I I could see them building an entire game around the idea of building your mm. own very elaborate dungeons. I mean, and you look at some of the really crazy and amazing stuff they did in Mario Maker, right? In terms of challenges yeah. and cool mechanics and stuff like that, they could do that with a Zelda game. No, you're right. They have the like top down stuff with the you yeah. know different rooms and things like that. You could definitely have some interesting stuff there, especially if you add a time element to it. Yeah. Um, so that you've got, you know, it's sort of a time trial kind of thing. But speaking of Super Mario Maker, uh, they showed off more of Super Mario Maker 2 as well. Um, not a lot more, more than we already knew anyway. So, like, they'd already shown quite an extensively long trailer on top of the teaser trailer they dropped as well. So we didn't see a lot more. But it just looks really good. It looks like a really nice, natural progression for the game from the Wii U, you know, isn't just a port. They haven't just done so Mario Kart 8, America 8 Deluxe, right, with this. So it is yep. a brand new game. It is got, well, it's not a brand new game in fairness, that's not fair to say. <laughs> as, as brand new it, as it can it's be. It's a new right? game just based on the same assets um, rather than just being the same game redone. And they've had a lot more content to it. They've taken quite a lot of, like, not criticism, but sort of 
just fan feedback, I guess, because uh, it's got quite a vibrant community around it as the Mario Maker community. Yeah, and they've listened to a lot of what a lot of people wanted, so they've added features that weren't there in the original trailer. Um, they have now confirmed you can play online with friends, whereas beforehand you could only play online with randoms, and you, if you want to right. play with friends, you had to play locally. So whether or not that was always the case or they've changed their mind since the fact, it's hard to tell. But they've now confirmed that as long as you're online and you own the Nintendo online pass thing, you can play online with friends, no problem. You can choose who you play with, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I I liked Mario Maker. I didn't really play it as much as I should have, I guess. Like, I didn't sort of get into it massively. I think that just suffered with the Wii U, Mm -hmm. really, in a way. Um, So I imagine that this one is going to do catastrophically well, because Mario Maker did pretty well, given the console. I was going to say, considering that the Wii U was such a small install base, it, it was like the game to own for it, pretty much, for the average game player. Obviously, the Wii U had some great titles, but this was the one that would have been the most openly accessible one for people to play because it's a Mario game, right? And if that did that well on a small install base of the Wii U, imagine what's going to do on the Switch, you yeah, know, which is just exactly. a massive install base already. Uh, and they've already learned from some of the mistakes that they made in Mario Maker. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see what happens with it. And I'm also really excited to see what a lot of the creators come up with because, I mean, I can't do these things at all. Like, oh, So yeah. whenever I've played games in the past, they look like Little Big Planet, for example, like I'll never try and make anything because I no, always make God, no. rubbish. So I will just use what other really, really talented people have made and just enjoy that. What else? Obviously, there was a there was a classic one more thing from Nintendo, which was the Breath of the Wild two yeah, kind of teaser trailer. Yeah, definitely, that was really surprising to see. I, I I wasn't expecting that so soon with Nintendo's track record of Zelda games specifically they often go console generations without a new one or like maybe even just a remake like Link's Awakening, for example. It was, I was really, it's really interesting because I was like surprised, like massively surprised. Like when that, when it started, uh, we were, Tony and I were watching the, the directs uh, live and as it started and there's this sort of music that sounds a little bit like twilight princess Mm. um we were like is this what's this twilight princess remake and i was like oh is it is it skyward sword remake like we were like it's a remake right Mm. that was what that was our thought and then it's like oh no we were confused like the whole trailer we were like what is this what it what what is this it looks like skyward sword because it looks like the like nail thing that's in the weird i can't remember what they're called the weird like the the calamity yeah, those things. Um, it sounds like Twilight Princess music. That's sort of like reverse yeah. reverse sound. Um, but obviously it's Breath of the Wild. And now thinking about it, of course they're making a sequel to Breath of the Wild because the game engine was must have taken so yeah. long. And, and of the development of Breath of the Wild, like 70% of it was yeah. probably building that game engine. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the content you know, itself, we, we've talked about before in our entire episode dedicated to Breath of the Wild was, it was good, but maybe it wasn't quite as fleshed out as it right. could have been. And the and the engine was what was the most enjoyable thing about the game. Right, exactly. And so, you know, is this going to be the, you know, Majora's Mask to the Breath of the Wild Ocarina of Time? Mm. You know, is this going to be the one where they explore some more stuff and try try different things out, things that maybe fell on the cutting room floor for Breath of the Wilds? Um, are they now going to bring some of those in and sort of try a few more things? Is it going to be maybe shorter? So rather than being like a huge long game, maybe this is something that's a bit more focused and a bit more sort of story driven. That's a really, really good comparison. I love that. I hadn't considered this, right? So this really could just be a, a retelling of the Ocarina of Time 
Majora's Mask tales, right? Right. So Ocarina of Time, for the time, was this massive, sprawling world. It was huge, right? Hyrule was massive. And then Majora's Mask was very small by comparison. You know, I know, like, it wasn't actually all that small when you took into the fact that the areas themselves were really big, but it felt very small, didn't it? And it felt very confined and everything was very crammed in and detailed. Maybe that's what they're going to do with the new one. So it's going to be set in sort of one small area and they're going to really populate that area and they're going to make it incredibly detailed with the engine from Breath of the Wild to make that happen. Yep. So that could be really exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's there's a lot of possibilities there. We don't Obviously, we know basically nothing apart from that it exists. And you're right, it is really, really cool that we're getting another Zelda game so close to Breath of the Wild coming out, mm. or relatively speaking, I guess. you know. And I think that... It's yeah. I mean, what's what's not to love? What's mm. not to love about the idea of getting another Zelda game? <laughs> Moving away from some of like the Nintendo's own IPs to some of the other stuff that was talked about, uh, and one of the ones that we touched on last time that I really enjoyed, I know you did as well, that we got a lot more information on was Astral Chain. Yes, and yes, I've not watched the gameplay footage of it yet, and I know you have, so maybe you can tell me about it a little bit more, but. That looks even better than it did when we watched the direct of it a few months ago, and I really enjoyed that in the you know already. So I'm really excited for this game. Yeah, I sort of I haven't watched it in great detail. I know that there was sort of like about uh, there was like half an hour of if not more of gameplay um, footage. It looks like it does look really interesting. I w- I was mostly interested. There was some really interesting like UI components and the way that they would sort of design that um, based on the gameplay footage that we've seen. It looks like you're sort of going around, you know, investigating and talking to lots of people and sort of finding stuff out and things like that as part of quests. And, and there's sort of some branching storyline and stuff like that. I don't really know a huge amount, if I'm honest. I didn't I didn't sort of follow closely what was brought up. But it looks great. And I think, like you said earlier, um, really sort of starting to see Platinum Games mm, shine through yeah. in, in what, we've, what we've now seen from it. You can see that sort of Bayonetta, that style. Yeah. You can see that sort of style really bleeding through with the way the characters move and the way the mechanics work. And, and just the style of the game, the way it looks and moves and feels like it's just really exciting. And for it to be on Switch as well it's just really good i I think it's a game that nintendo kind of need on their system like that sort of like fast-paced action game yeah the only thing i'm sort of concerned about is that it feels like it's perhaps trying to do quite a lot it Mm. feels like there's a lot of there's potentially you know you've got the combat stuff there's some sort of like puzzle puzzling mechanics and there's sort of you know there's lots of rpg elements it feels like that's quite a lot of things uh, and it looks like the combat is going to be quite complicated because you've got kind of two characters. It'll be interesting to see how it actually plays mm. beyond just sort of like, you know, half an hour of gameplay. And when you piece it all together, how does it come together? Um, that's what I'm most interested in kind of finding more about. I love the style of it. I love the look of it and the feel of it so far. Um, and from that point of view, I'm super excited about it. And it'll be interesting to just see, like, does that hold up as a full game right Mm, i hope so like i'll definitely definitely be following it quite closely upon until release and almost certainly pick it up if it if it continues the way it's been going so uh, other games that are like non-nintendo ips that look pretty pretty interesting uh you've got dragon quest builders 2 again they've shown some more information on that Uh, that looks really good uh damon x machina uh, whether or not this is going to improve from the original demo that came out a few months mm. ago, I'm not 100% sure on yet. Uh, I wasn't as convinced by it as I wanted it to be because it looks amazing and it really appeals to me because I quite enjoy sort of the mech genre. 
but it just didn't quite work for me. I don't know. Maybe I just need to play it more. But even watching some of the gameplay footage I watched on the Treehouse, I did watch a little bit of it. Uh, it just looks stiff. I don't know. It's hard to describe. It just doesn't look as fluid as I think it needs to have done. Um, but yeah, there's that. And then the other one, which was quite a surprising one, actually, and I'll be interested to see how well it works on the Switch, was The Witcher 3. That was yeah. pretty surprising. Definitely surprising. Uh, I think people have got reservations from the word go uh, because of the fact that The Witcher 3 was such a high fidelity yeah. game and it looks so bad on Switch. It did. Like, even already, it looks terrible. And you've got to remember, this has been shown on a very heavily edited Nintendo Direct where they've pre- gotten everything presented yeah. and put together well in advance and that's the best they could come up with. Yeah, so... I'm really interested in this because it's another game where it's like, cool, maybe I get to play something on Switch that I otherwise would just pass me by because yeah, you have I don't have time to sit up at my PC or sit at a, you know on a console for a long period to get through a game like this. It's a shame that I can't play Witcher 1 and 2 on Switch as well. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's an interesting choice, jumping straight to 3, I think, because surely you could get over some of the graphical stuff if you went for the older games mm, um, yes, because they're older. But I guess The Witcher 3 was massively popular, you know, it was probably an order of magnitude more popular than the other two. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. I know that they're reasonably standalone within reason. So you don't necessarily, you know, reading a few Wikipedia pages yeah. is probably enough. I think it is. Or if something pops up in the game that you don't really understand the reference to, you could just go back and watch that yeah. bit and that's it. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think it's one of those where you'll appreciate the connections if you do play the earlier games yeah. but you're not gonna not enjoy the, the the this one the witcher 3 if you haven't i can just ask tony she played them all so oh um, there you go that works uh, so i can just get the information from you, her. you've got but your yeah. walking encyclopedia <laughs> exactly but i'm nervous that it's not going to be any good and i'm not going to get the opportunity to play it because if it does come out and it is okay and it is decent to play on Switch or just reasonable. I don't need it to be amazing because no. I don't have the PC one in my mind as a point of comparison. So just as long matter. as it doesn't look janky like it did. Right. So long as it's playable, then that's fine. So I'm, you know, I'm quietly interested in this. Apparently in handheld mode, it plays really, it can play as low as 540p um, resolution, which is really low. So... But then Xenoblade plays pretty low res. You know, I just played through Hellblade on Switch um, and, you know, that played pretty low res at times. So, you know, I can get over some of that stuff. What is interesting is that I'm surprised they didn't use The Witcher as another example of doing their stream game yeah like they did with resident evil 7 and assassin's creed i know they were japanese only things but that feels like the kind of game that would slot into that style like of streaming the game to your switch rather than playing it natively yeah well also fantasy star online 2 which was something Mm. that they announced as coming to the west on switch in japan is a streaming game yes um and it is coming to switch in the west but it's not really clear whether that's going to be a streaming one or not uh, it's all a little bit vague right now. Mm. We know it's coming to... This is not really a Nintendo announcement, I know, but it's not really coming... We don't know really a lot about the Switch version of it. We just know... It was announced in the Microsoft one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the reason they haven't done the streaming thing for the West just yet is because the infrastructure is going to be harder to set up because yeah. doing it within one country exactly. where you're exactly. natively based is probably a lot easier to, to, to do than trying to get all of Europe and all of North America and then all of Australia, you know etc basically the western world is much bigger geographically speaking you know and that's important for streaming games you need that low latency so yeah other things uh i was quite interested to see that 
or one of the things that we hadn't really heard anything about until now was the Trials of Mana yeah. um, sort of remake. Very much a remake because it, the game is completely different to how it was um, in sort of 2D top-down form. Uh, the style is, is very different. Um, I don't know a lot about the Mana games. Um, Tony played Secret of Mana and I mm-hmm. watched her a little bit. It has some really, really annoying music in it. <laughs> well, that comes from that sort of like late 90s, early 2000s. A JRPG sort of renaissance period yeah. I think same with things like uh is it Chrono Trigger and yes, um, yes, yes, yes. what's the other one not Secret of Mana there's, there's another one I can't remember but like they all come from that sort of time time period so it's not a bad thing to have these games accessible on a modern console for Definitely. more modern audiences because I think they deserve to be played again I've not played them myself but I would be interested to do so because yeah. they, they've already released the collection of Mana series right. haven't they that's available now to play and and uh, in that Trials of Mana, the the original, that's never been in the West before. No. That's the first time. Um, so that's that's really cool to see. I, I'm glad that they aren't just milking their old first party titles. They are also trying to kind of make older, lesser known, but still really good titles available. Yeah, obviously at Nintendo prices. <laughs> yeah, but, you know this is the price you pay. <laughs> yeah. But jumping back to Nintendo IPs, um, yeah. because we've kind of missed two of them so far, I would say was Animal Crossing. Yeah. Like, they've shown off lots, lots more about the new Animal Crossing game called New Horizons. And, because before this, they'd only really given us teaser trailers with, like, showing Tom Nook sort of talking about it, I think, and that was it. Yes, that was it. Whereas now, they've shown full-on gameplay footage. And I really like the look of it, because it looks like you have a lot more control over what your island looks like. Because it looks like they're doing like a deserted island style thing where people yes. move to your island rather than it being like a pre-established village. So it feels like you're going to make more of a home for yourself rather than trying to slot into an, an, an existing community. Which is an interesting take because the idea of Animal Crossing was to move into a new community and to be the outsider and sort of like learn people. Whereas now you're sort of, it looks like at least anyway, you're sort of the first person there. So, yep. yeah, that's interesting. That's a new new take on the series. But it looked like you could, say, build paths and move stuff around and sort of, like, dictate where things were built a bit more. And, and you could place things outside rather than just place them in your house and stuff like that. Yeah. So... The main thing for me was I was really interested in the the fact that they've added the, some of the crafting mechanics that came yes. from... Uh, uh, what's the name of the mobile game? The Pocket Pog- Camp. Pocket Camp, right? So it feels like they've sort of pulled in some of that. They've looked at things like Minecraft and stuff like that. If I'm, you know, yeah, yeah really, definitely. and all of the sort of like, it's like a, it's like if Animal Crossing did survival games, yeah, right. You're on a deserted island and you have to build things, but also it's really cute and there are animals. <laughs> I think it will sell like hotcakes. I really do, of course, because I think it's going to do well with the Animal Crossing fans already. And that will kind of push the sales up. And then as more people see it and it gets streamed on like, you know, on YouTube and everything on Twitch, I think people are going to really fall in love with it. Like a lot of people fell in love with it back in the day because it just has this charm to it. It's hard to describe until you sit down and either watch it be played or start playing it yourself. And then they didn't really talk a great deal about the connectivity like in terms of like how you connect with other players online no. or locally stuff like that but that will be in there because that was in there from the very original animal crossing on the they on did, the game yeah they did show there was a shot where they had sort of multiple yes on the characters seaside, so clearly yeah. it's going to be a big thing which is great how they implement that i don't know but it's still going to be good i think that the 
the other interesting thing about the Animal Crossing announcement, which I know has been covered quite a lot in the press, is the fact that it's been delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're now not seeing it until March 2020. This, okay, they, so they've said that the... The reason for that is because they want to get it right. It's taking a bit longer than they thought, and they don't want their staff to be overworked. Mm -hmm. Which, like, in video game industry is a pretty prolific problem anyway. But I feel like it's even worse in Japanese video game industries because Japanese workplaces are renowned for being kind of, like, overwork staff like 12 to 14 hours a day then being forced to do sort of like after work social stuff as part of work as well so i think they're trying to move away from that culture yeah and i think that obviously it's definitely something to be applauded that they're doing this Uh, i think it's a good thing there's a little bit of a cynic in me which is like i would want to hear from the people working on the Mm. game that that is the reason why it's been delayed because a little bit of me can't help but think that that's a clever trick yeah, right, to, to get around the fact that they just can't do it in time. Yeah, right. Like obviously, I, I, mean, I don't want I don't want people to be working hard to rush a game out. I'm I'm very happy to wait for a game. Like yes. that's the last thing I want. But and so if that's the case, then good. Like I'm really glad that Nintendo are doing that and that they're in some ways bucking the trends of that. But you know, I don't really want to hear it from the CEO. I kind of want to hear it from like, the development the, team. Yeah. The, project managers on the team that's that's the case i think a little bit of cynicism is healthy in this sense so i'm i am inclined to believe them but you are right it would be good to kind of get a little bit more in depth and they could use that as a marketing thing if that really is the case they could really push this as like a we're a really sort of like progressive place to work especially in japan beyond anywhere else you know in the video game industry like that's really good yeah Um, one of the kind of quotes which is sort of floating around the internet right now um is the idea of like a delayed game will eventually be good, but a rush game will always be bad. Yes. So yeah, I think that's true. I think there is definitely merit to that. And as well, delaying the game will cost the company. It will cost Nintendo money. You know, we did sort of touch on the idea earlier in the sort of pre-notes that Nintendo stocks aren't necessarily as good as they were. Maybe not as bad as I thought they were, but even if that's not the case, right, it's still going to cost them, you know, six months more worth of development you know and also six yeah. months worth of having not had that game on shelf to be being sold yeah so, it sure makes the game more expensive <laughs> well it probably will do you right no um, as in like it makes it more expensive for them right yeah exactly it does because yeah. no matter how you look at it the longer it's sat in development the longer it costs them to make it and the longer it, yeah. you know the more money can it cost overall so it is a conscious decision they're doing not because they're lazy but because they want to do something in a particular order whether it's because the game just completely unplayable right now or whether they just want to get it just right and not overwork the staff kind of either way it's going to cost them money so yeah i i i'm excited for the game but i don't mind waiting for it especially considering how long we waited for the original animal crossing here in europe yes very true (laughs) (laughs) how many years was it it was a long time but yeah so i'm looking forward to that and then i think we've kind of touched on the idea of the delayed game because we want more content and that then transitions quite nicely into the last kind of big talking point of the directs right right which was pokemon sword and shield right yeah which again we've seen quite a bit of stuff on already prior to this direct but we saw more and it also is kicked up a bit of an internet you know yes it has so yeah they they we saw quite a bit more about sword and shield not a huge amount but a little bit more um but one of the things 
the key thing that a lot of people have really focused on, uh, which Nintendo are probably mm. quite irritated about, is that it's not. It's essentially not going to have a national dex, so you're not going to be able to have every Pokemon. You're not going to be able to transfer every Pokemon, even though they're they're building uh, like the Pokemon Home stuff, where which is sort of an extension of Bank, where you can transfer Pokemon around. It's not going to support. You're not going to be able to pull in any old Pokemon. Um, you're only going to be able to pull in Pokemon from the region in these games. And they're sort of they've. They're, I guess they've got their reasons internally they've got their reasons externally that they talk about about it being you know very difficult to do you know and i i don't really mind right i i yeah of course the internet is up in arms about this um but you know who cares honestly like i'm sure it's going to be a great pokemon game you don't need every pokemon in a pokemon game to make it great so you yeah. made a really good comparison earlier because we've we talked about sort of the pros and cons of this and we're, we're sort of on the fence a little bit we're, we kind of see both sides of the argument but i liked your idea that this makes pokemon a bit more like magic in a way right in that it has this kind of rotating set of pokemon in the competitive side of things yeah it does so it does it really change rid, it. it filters out those unnecessarily powerful yeah. pokemon but officially because i know there's the whole tier list that a lot of like competitive pokemon play by right but there are yes. a lot of competitive pokemon players play by and they can say oh you can't use this pokemon or you can only use certain amounts of these types of pokemon yeah like no overused or whatever right exactly like, it, yeah. which is which is fine that works but this removes the need for that you know and it require it means that people who aren't necessarily uh ingratiated or a knowledge of that more a deeper community within Pokemon competitive playing, they can just start playing the game online. Because that'll be yeah. another thing, right? You can go online within Pokemon Sword and Shield and battle other players, I imagine. Oh, yeah. And this removes that balancing issue. Because if I did that and I just went into a random battle with my kind of team from the Galar region and someone kind of rocks up with all their pseudo legendaries and just stomps me, you know, it's hard for them to balance that out. Whereas this way they can just make it so that they can balance the game just so. Yeah. I agree. I think that. I, I reckon that that is what they're thinking about, right? And they had it's weird because they haven't really said it in that way, as far as I know. But yeah, I think that the the example of like a trading card game is a great one. You know, it it's this lets this enforces some freshness into mm. the game, into the competi- into the post game, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And I can definitely see it from both sides, but I think that it will probably make for a better game yes. in the long run to have it like this and. The other the other thing is that, you know, does this open up the possibility of them doing some DLC? Well, where this add, is the cynical side of us again, isn't it? Going, add extra Pokemon. In six months' time, what's to stop them from releasing sort of like the National Dex DLC, right? Or you being able to go to a certain area within the Galar region where you can access all of them, you know? Yeah. Or even just I, extra I ones, right? Like, it's, like, what, there's going to be, I don't know, there's going to be a few hundred missing for sure. Um, so, you know, do you sort of add them in chunks? Or, you know, it depends. Mm. It depends on what their plans, you know, they will have a plan, right, for for Pokemon Sword and Shield, for the next Pokemon game after that. Yes, for everything and all the spin-offs on top of this as well, yeah. One thing that we're maybe, like, not, kind of giving nintendo credit for is that with a lot of their big titles they do give quite a lot of constant updates i looked at splatoon for that right splatoon had one paid dlc which was basically another game Hmm. and then constant for literally for like two years of free updates and free content updates like with new weapons new stages and new abilities 
So maybe that's what they'll do with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Maybe they'll just drip feed you more Pokemon. Like right. now you've gotten th- this set of Pokemon from this region and that's like an extra 50 plus Pokemon you can start using. Maybe that's what they'll do because they it's more feasible for them to release the game, start making money by selling the game and then drip feed you more Pokemon and also kind of drive engagement with the game as well. Like if say in a year's time you haven't thought about the game for a while and they go, oh, by the way, you can now use Pokemon from this region. And you're like, oh, well, that's my favorite Pokemon set. You know, right. you're going to come back to the game and maybe they'll have a way of monetizing that or maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, like like you said, this is a conscious decision. This isn't something that, you know, one person's kind of made the decision on very lightly. They'll have had a long thought out discussion on this. And it's probably been on the cards for a long time as well. It almost certainly would have been discussed during Sun and Moon as well. Um, mm, yeah. Just this is sort of the time that they decided to sort of go ahead and say, look, this is what the plan is now. Whether or not the reasons they've given publicly are the real reasons or not, I'm not sure. Again, a bit cynical of us, but I mean, yeah, it's a giant company and it's literally the number one taking IP in the world. So, yeah. you know, this isn't being looked after haphazardly. Um, yeah. But regardless of all that, regardless of all of the quote-unquote controversy, we did get to see quite a lot of new interesting stuff within Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, obviously, the big one was the idea of Dynamaxing. Oh, yeah. Um, which is kind of cool, but until we see how it really functions practically within the game, I feel like it's just going to be another slow-down battle mechanic, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, it's yeah. just going to make things longer <laughs> a lot of the times. Apart yeah. from, like, big gym battles, where you don't mind taking your time but against like random trainers you're not going to want to bother sitting through the animation of like a pokemon growing in size for like 20 seconds every time right <laughs> yeah same with mega evolutions right i mean you don't bother with it in the middle of a random battle do you really no well the thing is is that pokemon games have been catastrophically easy yeah and so too. you don't tend to need to so i that don't know too. is that going to change we'll see i hope so um i i don't want it to be a particularly easy game i would love there to be a difficulty mode basically oh god on yes. sword and shield just have like pokemon trainer pokemon master or something you know yeah 100%. just something along those lines so that you can either have like the sort of similar sort of gameplay of like let's go or you can have a more traditional pokemon and then maybe even have like a hard pokemon version you know yeah something definitely. Like that. just something to make it more challenging um because i don't want to blow through the game honestly i want to have it be a bit of a challenge and I'm also really excited to explore the world that is created in as well. It looks mm. really nice. They've done a great job of of creating this world by the looks of things. The fact that it's like a full 3D camera is really great now. So you kind of it almost has like a, a mini Breath of the Wild feel to it. Yeah, definitely. It, I, I've like some of the shots where they do like an overworld because they've got like a sort of big overworld open area, right? Mm. Which is very different, obviously, for Pokemon compared to previous games. And I looked at it and I'm like, is are they borrowing the Breath of the Wild engine. Here. Possibly, looks, maybe you know, they are. Really maybe, similar. maybe they've taken some of the that engine, you know, and and patched it into a Pokemon one. I don't mm. know. Mm. So, but yeah, I'm interested, and I will pick it up one way or the other. But I think there's a lot of potential for it to go really good, or maybe not so good. So, I think this is a very pivotal Pokemon game. Definitely, because it's it really is their opportunity to combine the huge changes in pokemon with pokemon go Mm. and let's go was not that right it wasn't the thing that brought the whole pokemon franchise together no it wasn't really which is fine but sword and shield is like this is the one right it's the post go pokemon game that gets to 
point the way essentially yeah this is this is main series so they have less wiggle room for getting it wrong whereas like the let's go series had that let's go attachment to it so it can be pushed to the sidelines a little bit more if it didn't work as well and it did work it just wasn't wasn't main series pokemon yeah you know whereas this is so they got to get it right and i think they probably will because i mean it's nintendo and it's the pokemon company you know so i think they'll be fine but yeah it'll be silly really interesting to follow definitely yeah i mean a a lot of stuff a lot of stuff in the nintendo direct um we recommend you going and watching it too because there's we've we've had to miss quite a few things than this discussion too like we focused on some more of the big releases obviously but there's plenty of other games that got talked about and shown off and released and and lots of just smaller stuff as well like really kind of just small little snippets of stuff so it's like 40 something minutes long so it's quite a long video but it's worth watching if you're even remotely interested in a lot of the nintendo products yeah Uh, and there's a lot of cool stuff coming to switch too so it's recommend watch it yeah obviously there was some uh you know there was some non-nintendo games at e3 as well which maybe we'll talk about in a future episode yeah and maybe we've missed out uh something on switch that you think we should have talked about uh, because there were a lot of little bits and pieces and if so let us know you can send us an email show at octal.fm or you can come and find us on twitter at octal.fm in the meantime i've been gelada and i've been seven and catch us again for another Nintendo FM very soon. <laughs> That's not brand. <laughs> Stop damaging it. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Did we have Tony um, on last time though? Uh, I think we did, yes. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, she's at a tennis match, so oh. uh, you know, she's she's ho- hopefully winning. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, she should have just been here instead. She should have been just <laughs> wasting her life exercising. <laughs> Why isn't she recording a podcast? Talk about which um, what now? The next character they announced. Oh, what was the next character they announced? You don't you know. See, I've forgotten the stuff <gasps> from Smash Brothers. That's the problem. But they, dude, it was a big one. What was the what was the next one? We're gonna get the bird and the bear. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. I remember. Yes, oh, my yes, word. yes, yes, yes. I do remember. I do remember. I feel like I played the 3DS one, but my memory is just—I'm having a bad memory day, so I can't remember <laughs> anything. Yeah, and I. Bleh. <laughs> you psyched yourself out now. I have. I have. I've, I've ruined it. Um, 